Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome back in David Wood, who was on episode 144 of the Just Get Started podcast. For those that didn't get a chance to listen to that interview, let me just give you a quick background on David before we jump into the episode. After life as a consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, David built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching. Discovering that shiny object syndrome is an epidemic among high performers, David coaches rock star business owners to double revenue, achieve more in less time, and be a more extraordinary entrepreneur, partner, parent, and leader. And we talk specifically around his new book that's out called Name That Mouse, because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. The courageous path to connection, confidence, and leadership to become the badass leader and human that people want to be around. I always enjoy my time with David. We have such deep, thorough discussions. I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation. Without further ado, please welcome in David Wood. David, welcome to the podcast, man. Good to have you back. Thank you, Brian. Glad to be on the show. Yeah, man. I haven't had many returning guests. Um, I've had a couple, so uh, you're on that short list, and it's uh, good to have you back. And excited, really, to the chat. Um, probably will spend the bulk of the time about this new book that you have because I think it's in, in alignment a lot with you know getting started and getting outside our comfort zone, learning new things about us. And um, so, congrats, one by the way, with the uh, the book. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 happy. I noticed. Um, a lot of my energy has been going towards it, and it, it feels like a legacy for me. This is something I can leave behind that uh, I really think could transform our culture. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm quite excited about it. Well, so let's jump into uh, – well, there's a couple different angles that we can kind of go at. Uh, of various speeds or various uh, starting points. I- I'm curious, give me the idea at least, obviously last time we talked a lot about your, you know, your past with coaching and the transition and all that stuff. I want to talk specifically about this book. When did the idea get in your head that A, you wanted to write a book and B, this was the idea, like this was the book you were going to write. Can you share a little about the inception moments there? Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, let's give it a title. The title is Name That Mouse because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. And it came about when I was helping to teach a course on authentic relating for coaches and consultants Mm -hmm. so they can go into the corporate world and talk about some of the human aspects of ourselves, our emotions and vulnerability and authenticity and transparency in a way that the corporations would get it. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, okay, I can see how that translates to the bottom line, like, like the work that Brene Brown's doing. And in that course, one of the assistants got excited one morning and she said, you know what, you've just got to name the thing. And we're like, what are you talking about? She's got to, you got to name the thing. And she kept saying it over and over, name the thing. And what she was getting at was often in any interaction, 
there are things going on that aren't being said. And the metaphor that comes that came to me recently is it's like I'm a computer, but I'm not showing you what's going on in the programming. Mm-hmm. All you get to see is what spits out on the screen. That's all I'm showing you. I might, I might be feeling nervous, but I'm not going to share that. I might be having a thought like, um, oh, that, that guy's looking handsome, but I'm not going to say that. He might think I'm hitting on him. Like there's so much that's usually going on inside our computers and all you get to see is what I spit out on the result. Uh, And so like maybe I'm trying to do something, maybe I'm trying to get a sale and all you get is the results of this computer program. Like, um, hey, this product's really good. I might be missing some crucial steps like, you know, I'd really like you to buy this product and here's why, right? Like this is more of what's going on. So she was saying, name the thing instead of ignoring the thing and talking about something else, mm. which is uh, another way to put that is being transactional versus relational. If I come up to you and I say, hey, how do I get to the supermarket? That's a great example of transactional versus relational might be, Hi, I've got a question. Uh, I'm a bit lost, but firstly, I'll just say, hi, how are you today, right? Um, but I'm, anyway, she kept saying, name the thing, name the thing, name the thing. And what she was alluding to was there's power in just naming your experience, naming a feeling, naming a thought, naming your objective, being transparent. And I thought that would be a book title. And I suggested it to her. I said, you should write a book. Well, a year later, it kept, I kept thinking it was a good idea and, and she didn't seem to want to write a book and I wanted to write a book. And I thought, what do we already have in society that people can relate to? And what, what we already have is we have the elephant in the room. Everybody knows about it. You know about the elephant. I know about the elephant. We both see it. No one's saying anything. Right, it's really weird. Like, suppose someone got fired in the workplace yesterday, and then we have a meeting the next morning, and no one mentions it. Right, right, right. I'm elephant in the room. Right, we already know about that, and I'm absolutely an advocate for addressing the elephant in the room. Why not? It's already there. Everyone knows about it. We might as well name it so we can then move on. Well, a lot of creatures in the room are much more subtle. It might not be a big elephant and you may not see it or I don't know if you see it. Another example, let's suppose I'm late. Say say I'm three minutes late for this podcast interview Hmm. and I don't say anything. Well, I might be thinking, firstly, I'm annoyed with myself from being late. That's a mouse. Secondly, I might be feeling a bit embarrassed that I'm late. Thirdly, I might be concerned about what you're thinking. I wonder, if, is Brian annoyed? I, don't, I want him to like me. I don't want him to be annoyed uh, by me. So, like, these are like four different mice that are coming up as I start to investigate my own experience. And then I might, I might be able to artfully name those mice instead of just skipping over it and hoping you didn't notice. <laughs> well, and, and, and I agree, you know, and this is, one of the things I relate to being in a, in a um, enterprise sales role is, 
you kind of alluded to it earlier, but a lot of these, you know, there's tough conversations that you have to have. You have to have conversations about budget, about other vendors, about the, the timeline of, you know, a particular project. What I, what I observe now with some other folks, and I definitely did this when I was a younger sales professional is you do avoid those conversations because they're hard to have They're even though that you need to have them because they're important to moving things along, they're hard to have. And sometimes we don't want to talk about them, but what I found is maybe this is getting to your point is if I'm direct, if I'm upfront, if I'm empathetic and I'm talking about those things and bringing it up, it just makes the relationship more trusting. There's more respect across the table, right? And you can have more honest and open conversations. Yes. Do you agree that's kind of the direction there? I do. And I think you brought up two very important points and hopefully I'll remember both. The first one is, Yes, some of these mice can be awkward to name, but let's not miss how awkward it is not to name them. Right, right, right. Absolutely. If it was, if it was just awkward to name them, and there was no real upside to naming them, and no real downside to hiding them or ignoring them, I wouldn't write this book. Right. But how awkward is it to lose a sale because you didn't name what was happening in the room? And, and so you didn't have a connection with the person. It just, they, you know, felt a bit off because you just didn't address something that was going on. Maybe you had a rough, rough night and you, you, you're really tired and it's coming through. You're trying to hide it, but they can kind of see it. And you don't name that mouse. You lose a sale. That's pretty awkward. Or let's suppose you got someone at work who's late constantly to meetings and you think it'd be awkward to bring it up and name that mouse well, how awkward is it to be frustrated all the time and to be gossiping to other people about mm-hmm. that person being late? I, I had um, two nights ago, I, I got a housemate in this house and there was a noise that happened that sounded like a very loud noise, sounded like he was packing boxes at 10.30 at night. Yeah. And it only happened once. And I didn't want to bring anything up because maybe it'd be awkward. Maybe you'd be annoyed and feel like I'm on, you know, riding him or something. But how awkward was it to wonder if that if that's going to keep going and I'm going to lose sleep? So finally, I named it. I said, hey, I, I noticed you might be done. I just heard a one off noise. Um, will you be done soon? Or, you know, how late is this going to go? And then he wrote back and said, oh, no, I'm not packing. I don't know what you heard, but everything's quiet. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. I was relaxed. I was chill now. So the first big point that I got from what you said is, yeah, it can be awkward to name mice. It can be very awkward not to name them, and they tend to breed. And then the second thing is around the sales aspect. So... If I want to make a sale with you, I want connection. I want us to feel connected. If you don't feel connected with me, you're unlikely to buy from me. There's no trust. And right. so you got to have trust and respect. Absolutely. Yeah. So I lose influence. So you could take this mouse naming as a path to creating more connection and more influence and more leadership. So mm-hmm. let's suppose... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a conversation with you and I'm, I'm trying to sell you something. Maybe a big mouse for me is that I'm trying to sell you something and maybe I haven't named it. Maybe I'm trying to be subtle. I'm trying to show you you have a need for this product, but it's not even overt that I want to make a sale. 
that's weird. And you see it all the time in speakers. They get on stage and they're giving you information, but they're also trying to sell you on buying their product by the end of the speech. And you feel it. It's off. And so something you doesn't trust this person. So this is huge. Alex Mondosian coached me on how to make authentic sales from the stage. And it was amazing stuff. I'd get up there and I'd name my mice. Hey, I, I want to do everything in my power to motivate, influence, and persuade you to continue your training with me. I think if you do, you'll be very happy. Or maybe nine out of 10 of you will be very happy. And that one in 10, I'll refund your money. And the best way I can think of to persuade you to continue your training with me is to give you the best value I can in the next 45 minutes. And then I'll tell you what I've got at the end of that and you can make a decision. How does that sound? And they go, yeah. That's naming my mice up front and now I'm more relaxed. I don't have to covertly try and sell them. I've got permission now from them to actually try and sell them. I might even say, if I'm going to go deeper into this, I might even say, and I'll pepper it, pepper it with a few success stories from people just like you who did it to make it real and have you believe that you can do it too, yeah. right? I'm naming the mice left, right, and center. It was amazing. I tell you what, Brian, the first time I did this, I thought if I sell $10,000 in product, then I can walk away with my head held high. I sold $150,000 in product at that very first pitch fest that I did. And then the second speech I gave, there were less people in the audience, but I refined it. I got even more authentic, named more mice, sold $387,000 on that speech. So you are onto something if you want sales, you want connection and trust. And I believe a great pathway to do that is to firstly discover your mice because your brain may not even be aware of what they are. Mm-hmm. You want to discover those mice and then name them in the moment. There's actually an acting exercise because I just got into acting in the last month, decided to see oh, what yeah? that's all about. All yeah. Right. I'm like, you know what? I've always thought about it. I always kind of wanted to. Finally, I started talking about it and then now I'm doing it. And one of the exercises that we do is you stand across from someone and you have to just name whatever you notice. Name, hey, oh, you, uh, your eye just twitched. Um, you seem angry. And, you know, and then they just repeat it back and you keep going back and forth. Then they name something about you. Then you name something, you're, you're standing funny. You're, you, you've got, you're, you're shifting your weight back and forward. We want that kind of attention. Um, mainly this book is about that kind of attention on ourselves. Oh, I notice I'm moving my weight. I wonder what that's about. Or I notice my stomach just clenched. Or I notice I really want you guys to like me right now and so I'm feeling a bit nervous. Like these things artfully named can actually be endearing and have people come closer to us. Yeah. Well, I think you know the word you mentioned that continues i'm kind of circling over here on my my notepad is awkward it's like if we don't say something it becomes awkward it's it's unauthentic people can you know smell through the the bs pretty easily you know and uh 
and it just doesn't make for um, better conversations, better, you know, relationships down the road. And, and, you know, one of the, um, the quotes by the, the Stoic philosopher Seneca that I, I love to use is, um, and I think applies here is we suffer more in imagination than in reality. It's when we don't name the mouse, we have to think about it. Oh, what could have happened if I said that? What if I talked about it? What if I brought this up? What would have, what would have happened? And now we have to sit with it and it actually hurts more. Would you agree? Like keeping it inside and not exposing it. Yes. Yeah. Not naming our mice can hurt ourselves. And I just got excited because I, I, again, because I'm getting into acting now, everything's an acting metaphor. <laughs> um, when you see someone on stage and they're not being truthful to their own emotions. Mm. Let's suppose they're trying to act anger and they're not actually angry. You feel it. Yeah. It's off. You don't want to watch that person. They're not watchable. And you see bad acting all the time. Um, this is the same in life right here with you and me. If you are feeling sad but don't name that you're feeling sad or you're trying to pretend that you're not, mm-hmm. I'm, as a watcher, I may not consciously know that something's off, but I know it doesn't appear truthful. Yeah. If you're annoyed with me but you don't want to show it because let's suppose I was a potential client and you wanted to make the sale, but you don't name your annoyance, something in me is going to go, this is incongruent. So, yes, one cost of not naming mice is it can feel awkward for ourselves, but also it can feel awkward for the other person. I, I got one friend, she's so in tune and so sensitive. If something's off, she feels anxious and doesn't know why. And then as soon as the thing is named, like, like the, let's take an edgy example. Let's suppose... Um, I said to her, you know, I notice I'm feeling really attracted to you right now. You don't have to do anything about it, and I don't have to do anything about it. I just wanted to name it. I'm, 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 that's what I'm feeling. She would probably relax and go, oh, thank God you said it. I felt something was going right. on, but I couldn't quite name it. So yeah. one of the subtitles of this book is Your Pathway to Connection, Confidence, and Leadership. Because all three of those are outcomes and influence. I'm trying to get, I can't, you can't really put four words in a subtitle, but I, if I could get another one in there, it would be influence. Yeah. How much is this, and you, you maybe alluded to it just a few minutes ago, but around that inner voice, the without even having anyone in the room, you know, I think of self-awareness or self-observation comes to mind. How, how important is that in kind of your take or perspective writing this book? Man, self-observation, you have hit on the key to this. See, we're we're writing a book saying, hey, we want you to name your mice. But the first problem that comes up is what mice? What are you talking about? And I think the reason is, and I'll talk about my own example, from my own life, growing up in an Australian country town with standard Australian parents and also being a male, I, one question I didn't get asked very often is, David, how do you feel? That wasn't a question we asked in our family. How do you feel? How is that for you? Hey, I know we said that we were going to go for ice cream this afternoon. I can't do it now. I have to work. How is that for you? 
What's going on? How do you feel? What do you notice in your body? These weren't questions that, that were asked at all. And so it's only been later in life that I realized I grew up the way many humans did as not being aware of our inner landscape. Now, there might be some listeners that go, oh, no, I've always been aware. I'm very empathetic and I, I'm so tuned in and I'm a sensitive instrument and I always know what's going on. In fact, that's my problem. It's too much. I want to switch it off. I know people like that. But most of the people I grew up with uh, are more left-brained and, and maybe more in the masculine energy um, and not feeling. Or if they're feeling, they don't know how to speak about it. They don't know how to name it. That was definitely my experience. Now, after 20, 30 years of communications training and going to uh, going into workshops, personal growth workshops, and I think good acting workshops would do this as well, you can start to become more aware. So I, I actually do practices now where I will sit in a circle for 45 minutes with five other people and we are not allowed to ask questions. We are not allowed to tell stories that are more than 30 seconds old and we can't talk about the future. Hmm. We can only speak about what's happening for us right now. Now you do that time and time again, you start to work out, oh, what... I'm feeling bored right now and I'm wanting to make something happen. Okay, those are two mice. Uh, I'm feeling drawn to you and I'm a bit shy about saying it because I'm a man, you're a woman, and maybe you're going to feel awkward. Those are, couple of, those are two mice as well. So here's one tip. If you want to become more aware of your mice, actually I'm going to give two. And I'm writing down this time reference because this is hot. And I want to be able to come back to this. The first, so that's a mouse, right? I just started to write something down. I could have skipped over that. And you might have been like, what, what's, he, what's this guy doing over here on the sheet of paper? Maybe the audience is wondering why I, I just paused. Uh, I say audience because I'm getting into acting, right? Our listeners. And I just named it. Oh, I'm writing down this um, so I can come back and focus. So the two tips. One, when people ask you, how are you? Do not answer automatically. Use that as your trigger to take a moment and look inside and see what's actually going on and give them an honest answer. You can say something like, oh, let me take a moment and check in and see what my answer is to that question. And then I, I sometimes close my eyes and I check in and I might say, if I, if I check in right now, I feel a sense of groundedness, a sense of peace, a sense of stillness. And at the same time, I feel quite activated and excited and alive because I'm on a, probably because I'm on a podcast right now. So now I tell you what, two years ago, I could not have responded like that. Yeah. What's the but stock it, answer is like, oh, I'm fine. I'm doing good. Or yeah. It's like, Dude, I dated a Tantra teacher and, and I'd say to her, how, how are you? And she'd say, hmm, you know, I feel a deep resonance in my chest, like a bass note going into the earth, like a C note, a bass note. And there's a slight tingling reverberating out into my fingers and it feels like it's extending a little bit into almost filling out the entire room. How are you doing, David? 
I'm good. That was my life. Yeah. Right. So now I'm build. I'm cultivating a little bit more awareness. Um, my back's a little tense. I'm aware of that. There's, there's some soreness in the back. Like I want to stretch it out. Um, here's the second tip to working out that you have a mouse. If you're not enjoying what's happening, if you're not enjoying what's happening, and I, if you're watching the video, I just blocked the camera for a second because I was out of focus, and that brings me back into focus. There's a very tiny mouse that I just named. So if you're not enjoying the moment with somebody, that's a great clue to go, okay, what is happening for me? What mm-hmm. is happening for me right now? Oh, I feel annoyed. Okay. Or I feel frustrated. And you can even say to the person, can we slow this down a second? Something's happening for me. I'm not sure what it is. I don't have the words at my fingertips right now. Um, But I think I will come up with words if you can give me a minute. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but I think I just named a couple of mice just then. I know I have some mice. I don't know what they are. I'd like to slow it down. Just give me a minute. There's a request but I'm, I'm actually naming my mice as I go. I'm, I'm, I'm cluing you in as to what's happening. Mm. And then I might be, oh, yeah, I notice I'm a, I feel a bit contracted, felt a bit annoyed. I felt like I want to end this call. And I think what's underneath it is, I'm, and I hope this is okay that I'm sharing this with you. Stop me if it's not. I might just check in for consent. Um, I think I'm feeling a desire to feel appreciated. I just did a whole bunch of work. And I was hoping I'd get a pat on the back and you just told me three things that are wrong with it. And that's, that's okay. I noticed I have a desire to hear something that was good about what I did. And then I could probably hear more about what was wrong. What do you think about that? Are you open to that? I, now I just made that up right off the top of my head, but that's an example of what might happen. If I can slow it down, sometimes you won't work out your mice until it's the interactions finished. So you've hung up the phone or you've left the meeting and then you realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. With my housemate yesterday or the day before, I just, we were talking and we, and we just played some ping pong and I said, what are your plans tonight? Now my mouse, right? I didn't share my mice. I didn't share my why. This is, this is the same thing as the program happening in the background and then I spit out on the computer screen a question. Yeah. Right? What are you doing tonight? Now my mouse was, I'm hoping it's a quiet night. I've been a bit stressed hearing some noise around the house and I'm hoping it'll be quiet and everything will be done by 10. Didn't share that because I wasn't aware of all that. That's fine. And he said, oh, I've got some friends coming over. Don't worry, we'll be quiet. Now, I like hearing we'll be quiet, but then my mind says, is that being quiet until 11 or midnight or one? Cause sometimes it's hard to keep people quiet. You can't stop people laughing and like that. And it was just awkward and it was weird. And he, and he, he walked away and I was like, Oh man, there's a clue to ask yourself. What are my mice? Cause I felt incomplete. I felt off. All right. What are my mice? And then I spent 30 minutes feeling into this. And what I got was, I would, I have a great preference that people are out of the house by 10. 
That's my great preference. Makes a huge difference to me. And if he really needs it to go longer since it's Saturday night, I'm willing to deal with it. I'll go to a friend's house or I'll take a walk or whatever. And so once I got clear on all those things, I sent a text message say, can you meet me on the deck for a couple of minutes? There's something I want to share. It'll be really quick. And he came out and he met me and I said, this is edgy for me. There's another mouse, right? Because once you got one mouse and then you go to share it, others will pop in. And so the new mouse that popped in is this is edgy for me because I feel so neurotic. And I am. In many ways, I'm neurotic. And I said, I think I need about two minutes to share this. And I want to share it so that you understand me better. So the, these, these, are, these are all mice. And then he said, yeah, go for it. And then he gave me two minutes uninterrupted to share. This is my preference. And here's why. Here's the impact, even when you're being quiet. And it's not a demand. If you decide you need longer, let me know ahead of time and I'll, do, uh, I'll deal with it. And he said, well, I'll just aim to wrap it up by 10 o'clock. And if it goes longer, I'll let you know. I'm like, great. Now, I had peace after that conversation. I knew I may not get exactly what I wanted, but I had peace because I had expressed my mice. And that is one of the massive, massive benefits of sharing mice and naming mice is you get to be self-expressed. He's got all the data now. Mm -hmm. It's out of my hands. It's when I haven't given all the information to someone and I know they're going to make a decision based on imperfect information, I can't rest because I haven't done my part. Once I've named my mice, hey, the person, she might break up with me and take the kids. She might, I might get fired. Mm -hmm. I might be prosecuted if it's a crime that I'm confessing to. Um, and I, you know, all three of these things are examples I've found myself in. Um, but I have some peace knowing that I have expressed my side of it. How do you get someone over the edge if their whole life it's always been hiding things or not exposing those things for whatever fears and anxieties they had? How did they break that mold to get to the other side? Wow, you are asking the best questions. Thank um, you, David. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, how do you get them over the edge? If it's okay, I want to add one more thing to, to one of the prior things that we Absolutely. talked about. Yeah, man. I thought of one other way to identify your mice. And I got this from uh, a therapist who was also a guru. So imagine a guru, someone that you would bow down to and off, you know, give, bring an offering to, who's also got 20 years of psychotherapy training. Now, that's a therapist you want in your, in your, uh, in your corner. She, every session, she'd come back to the same words. I feel, I need. And I, I'd bring more complex stuff and I'd bring analyses of things and whatever. And she'd say, I feel, I need. I think she just knew that that was my path. That's what I need because I, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of what I was feeling and I hadn't asked myself what I need. So in any situation, be a work situation, you could be in front of a boardroom, you could be in front of a, a, an audience and you're speaking on stage. 
something's off. I feel nervous. I need to feel more connected with my audience. And then I might even name that. Hey, I notice I'm feeling nervous. I want to feel more connected with you guys because then I think I can give you my best stuff. Would you be willing to do three deep breaths with me? It's one thing that I, that I found works. And then they'll stand up. We do three deep breaths together. And then I might notice, name how I feel different and ask two or three other people to name what feels different in your body. Now I feel connected with them. We get on. So I just wanted to go back. There was a third way I thought of to go. Um, I feel to work out what your mice are. Now your brilliant question, how do you get someone over the hurdle if they're used to not naming mice? Well, firstly, read the book. And yes, I'm biased. I want you to get the book. But the book is, is got a whole section about, oh, but I can't name that. And it will speak to your fears and it will find you right and say, oh, yeah, that makes total sense why you wouldn't want to name it. One of the reasons we don't want to name our mice is because we're worried about it being a train wreck. We don't want to make it worse. You know, I, I don't want to, I've gotten some angry messages back from my housemate. So I'm worried sometimes about saying, hey, could you keep it down? Might make it worse. You know, I could make it a little bit. So I'll give some tips about how to artfully name your mice. So that once you become aware of them, using the three steps that we've talked about already, you can um, increase the chances of it going well. So first thing, get consent. Don't just dump your mice on people. Hey, hey, when you said that thing yesterday, I felt insulted and upset. And um, I don't want you to do that again. All right. That's launching in without consent. And it's launching in without context. Now, context is a weird word. It sounds like a complex word. It's launching in without setting the scene. So let's say it's a movie and, and something just, they just start halfway through the movie. You're like, what? What the hell's going on? Who's this guy? What's he want? You've got to set the scene. So it might be, hey, uh, I noticed I've been holding on to something from an interaction we had and it's creating some distance between us and uh, I'd like to feel more connected with you. So could I take a minute to share what it is so that, I, so that maybe we could feel more connected? So I got cons- I'm going for consent and I'm setting the scene. And, and one way I set the scene is I shared a positive intention. This is why I want to name that mouse with you. Yeah. This is why I want to share what's going on. With my housemate, I said, I want to share so that you understand me more. And I understand more of where I'm coming from and why I say what I do. Uh, and I guess if we go deeper than that, um, because then I'm hoping you won't think I'm being a jerk. I'm just trying to take care of uh, my nervous system, which is quite sensitive. Right? Can, you see, can you imagine if I said that to you? Like, how do you imagine that might impact you if I, if I set the scene in that way? Well, that's why I'm, my curiosity is around. For me, I would I would love it. I'm a very direct and open person, so like I'd be like, yeah, let's get to it. Let me you know, let's talk about it. I wonder if someone's 
very closed off, very not, would they accept it? Would they be like, okay, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm kind of yeah. curious of how someone that's um, almost the similar personality of someone that's scared to share it is someone scared to receive as well, that open and direct, would that make them awkward? You know, it, it, it could, I think, I think more awkward sometimes is not naming the mouse. More awkward is uh, launching into it without consent and without setting the scene of why you're doing this. I think the why can really help because particularly if people aren't used to this, um, in my world, i got a lot of friends who I say, I just want to name something. They get it. The closest thing we have in our society, I think, to this is I'm just saying, you know, um, you know, uh, that's an attractive woman. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it. I want to name it. There's power in it sometimes in saying it. Um, But you let someone know why I think even like my parents are the least um, or at least they were some of the least developed people in terms of personal growth. They're your average person. They're your average good people. That's who they are. Uh, my mom's done some personal growth stuff now, and then she just jumped up like five levels when she did that. Um, but if I can, if I can have conversations with my parents, if I can say to my mother after 27 years of no one saying I love you in our family, if I could say, hey, I realized I've never said this before and I want to say it, I love you. If I can do that then you can name any mouse with people that you're thinking, oh, they're not going to handle this mouse. Now, look, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll have mice of their own that come up in reaction. Great. Mm -hmm. Then you get to talk about that. Hey, I think it was weird that you just gave too much information and you just shared too much information. I think it's unlikely they're going to do that after you just got consent. Right? Remember that too. We're getting consent here. So uh, the reason I'm saying this, my why right now is – our brains naturally come up with reasons not to share what's going on. They naturally do that. You're already good at that. Stop doing that. Start looking for a way, and the book will give you a bunch of other tools in a way that will make it easier to name the mouse. Here are another couple of tools. Ownership. Don't blame the other person. If you are, run off that charge with somebody else. Talk about it with someone else. Journal it beat some pillows, whatever you need to do and try and find a way that you can at least share responsibility for it. And here's an example of what we call ownership language. Hey, you know, do you remember two days ago when you came to the meeting and it was like, it was like 10 minutes late. Do you remember that? So now we're just agreeing on the facts. Well, when that happened, um, I want to share with you, you know, how that impacted me. And the reason I want to do that is because I want a great working relationship with you. And this is something I haven't been able to let go yet. Is it okay if I share for about a minute? Now, yeah, part of them's like, oh, I don't want to hear this. But they can say no or they say yes. If they say yes, I'll keep going. Um, when that happened, I felt disrespected. I'm not saying that's what you meant. I'm saying that was my experience and it's happened a few times before. And I wonder if you'd be willing to come to meetings five minutes early 
Is that something you'd be open to? Now, when you... Now, see, I haven't blamed them. I haven't said, when you were late, you made me feel bad. I didn't say that. You made me feel disrespected. Or I didn't even say, you disrespected me. See, whenever it's you, 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 that's not ownership language, and it's debatable. Because now they could say, no, I wasn't disrespecting you at all. I had stuff come up. Okay. Right? Now it's debatable. So a way I t- we, we talk about speaking inarguably. Speak about my own experience. When X happened, I felt this. Uh, and another tip that we've got in the book is to make a simple request that they might be able to say yes to. That's why all of these examples is I'm, I'm usually asking for something. Now, sometimes I might just want to name it. Hey, I just I feel awkward about something that happened the other day. Felt like we had a moment um, of real connection. And then I, I just I made a joke. And I think the reason I made a joke is I felt awkward at how, how close that felt. And I don't want to do that. I, I want to be able to feel closer and, and be serious with you. And I just want to name it. You don't have to do anything with it. Uh, I just feel like in naming it, I can, I can let it go. And I am curious, how is it for you to hear this? Because we don't want to just name our mice, just dump our mice on people, even with consent, and then leave them to their own mice. You know, maybe they're inspired hearing it. Maybe they feel awkward. Maybe they're embarrassed. Uh, maybe they're confused. Who knows? But the, the final step is usually to check in, how is it to hear that? Some magic language missing from our society. Yeah. I just shared a bunch of stuff with you. How is it for you to hear that? Yeah. Well, you went back to like, how do you feel? Like when you were a kid, you didn't get that, right? So that's kind of the wrap up of like, hey, we're doing something. How do you feel? You know? Yeah. What's going on for you now that I just shared all this stuff? I sometimes, this is a pro tip. I sometimes give people a menu because they might feel awkward about, they might not know what they're feeling and they might feel awkward. So I might just say, I might mock up the possibilities in my head and say, uh, do you feel relieved that I brought it up? Do you feel embarrassed? Do you feel uh, defensive um, or something else, which covers everything, or it covers yeah. all your bets. And then usually after saying that, they can, it, they be like, oh, oh, okay. Now I see my range of options. And no, I didn't feel defensive. I'm actually glad you brought it up. That feels like really useful. My, my co-author in this book just named a mouse with me, I reached out uh, by text two minutes before I was giving an interview and said, can you share your interview questions? Because I might want to use some of them in the interview. And I've got two minutes. This is time sensitive. Well, guess what? I, I then got prepping for the interview and didn't check back to see if she responded. And she did. She responded in 60 seconds. Hmm. Did exactly what I asked her for. And I didn't even go and check back those messages. So she said, hey, I want to name a mouse with you. Um, you know, that felt a bit off that you asked me for these questions and then you didn't check back to see if I'd answered. I kind of felt left hanging and I want to just check, like, what happened? So she, she's good, right? She's highly skilled. So she, she kind of led with curiosity. She's like, like, I'm curious. I'd like more context. What happened? Why didn't you check back? And what, ha-? you know... 
that's before she shared all of my. She was like, "Yeah, well, I want to know more about what happened." Very smart. And I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I I left you hanging. I asked for something time sensitive. I missed a crucial step of checking back before the interview. I could have set a timer. Check back in two minutes." And um, I'm I'm grateful she shared that mouse. One because now I know she's not holding on to anything, but two. That's good feedback for me. That's a pro tip sure. for accountability with, with human interactions. If you ask for something for a certain time frame, set an alarm to check back in in case that was honored. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So mouse naming is a gift when done well. It's a gift to you. It's a gift to the other person. And I say it's a gift to the world. Hey, this is great. I, I just got one or two more questions. That's okay. Um, how often I, I, my assumption is based on just the conversation we have, and maybe I shouldn't assume how often should this be voice auditory in terms of the, the um, naming the mouse versus, you know, text or email that obviously we have access to these days. Okay. Um, I'm writing this down, too, because I love this question. Uh, the format, the format for mouse naming. I've done some research into this. There's a book called The Seven Levels of Communication. And what the, one of the things that I got from the book is you have the most influence one-on-one, face-to-face. That's your most influence most of the time. Next level down from that is probably one-to-many face-to-face. So I'm, I'm giving a speech to a room full of people, and you've got me personally. I'm right in front of you, but it's diluted because I'm not talking just to you. Then maybe as we go down the tree, we've got phone. Uh, no, what we're doing right now, Zoom, so you can see me and hear me. Then we've got phone call way down the bottom, We've got text and email. For me, text is a little higher and then email is the lowest level because I get so much that comes in email. So knowing that, what do you imagine would be uh, generally the best way to name a mouse? Well, obviously being face-to-face, one-on-one in in a setting would be the best. Yeah. Now I'll give a caveat to that. Counterpoint to that is sometimes I don't have it quite clear in my head and I'm worried I'm not going to do a good job. Might be a chargey issue. And um, I think an example could be that housemate situation where I wanted to say I wasn't clear and I want to make it clear that I prefer 10 o'clock, but if that doesn't happen, whatever. Um, I want to get it right. And also, I don't have easy access to this person because they, they live a, a bit separately and I've got to kind of call them and, and get them. Well, I guess i got easier access than anybody else, so that's not true. But what I often do, if I don't know if I'm going to get it right or I, I want to put my best foot forward, is I'll do a video. And loom.com can change your life. L-O-O-M.com. Do a free video and then they give you a link and you just send the link to somebody. I had a podcast host once not show up um, for 
an interview we were going to do. No, no, it wasn't even an interview. I had gifted him a coaching session. And he didn't show up for the coaching session. And here's the response. Sorry, my bad. I've, I've used your booking link to rebook it for next week. Now, that didn't feel good to me. Something felt off. I didn't know why. So I asked the question, what are my mice? What's going on? Took me about 30 minutes of journaling to work it out. I felt disrespected. I had no confidence that he was going to show up again for the, at all. And I'm, I'm offering, and I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel like this was really being honored. So I put it into a video because I didn't trust myself to get it right. And the video, the first one, didn't like it. I watched the video again, listening from the viewpoint of the other person. I'm like, I don't like it. I did three or four videos until I got to one that was shorter. And here's the other thing. As you do different iterations, you can get shorter and shorter and shorter and cut out the crap. And what I got to was something short and sweet, like, hey, I want to share with you how it landed. If you're not open to that, please stop the video now. Because, you know, that's my consent version for a video. But if you are interested, please continue. And then I shared my why. I want to, um, I want to have a good working relationship with you. And right now I feel like I just want to run. And that's no, that doesn't serve any, any of us. So here's the impact when you didn't show up and then you use my rebooking link without my permission. I felt like you weren't valuing my time. I don't feel honored, don't feel respected. And I don't feel like I want to do the call with you. And I want to change that. Because I would like to serve you. I would like to help you. So here are my requests. One, I want to hear that you do value my time. Two, I want to hear that you will show up 100% to the next, if we do rebook it. And three, I had another request. And you don't have to accept any of these. This is just my wish list. And I got back a response saying, oh, my God, this is so inspiring. Can I interview you for my next podcast on this? This this was amazing. So I'm a big fan of the video. Now, here's the counterpoint. The counterpoint, sometimes if you think the other person might blow up, okay, maybe you do the video, they blow up, and then you get to do a second. Then you talk live about it. Okay. But... Two days ago when I was uh, trying to do this by video with my housemate, I did three or four recordings and I, something in me said, no, this is not going to work. You don't know how he's going to react and you need to see his face and you need to have this be, be back and forth. And so that's when I reached out and said, can you meet me for two minutes? Because if he did have an issue about it, I wanted to know right there and then. I wanted to hear his mice and I wanted to go back and forth. So I did both. I did the videos. I got crystal clear on my message. Then I deleted all the videos and then I did it live. So use what works for your listeners. You can do a recording first. And if you get it down to something good, send it and say, I want to talk live about it. Or I'm happy to talk live about it once you've digested This is the first round. Or do the video and then you don't even need to send it. You get them on the phone and you do it live. Yeah, that's great thoughts, man. I I like the positioning there. And uh, I obviously, 
I'm a believer that being more direct and open and honest is a, is a way to go. So I can agree with you more on, on some of the thoughts here today. What, um, where can everyone pick up the book? Where, when's it out? Where can they get it? What's the, what's the details? Yeah, sure. Well, you can, you can get involved right now. Um, the book's due to be published January, 2022, but we've already written a mini PDF so we've given you the short version. We've given you tips on how to artfully name the mice, how to find your mice, and we outlined six different categories of mice. So you can get started right now. And uh, I think if you – we're inviting contributions to support us in writing the book. So if you contribute 15 bucks right now, we'll give you the mini book, and then when the Kindle's out, we'll give you that as well. We can't sell you that now because it's not ready yet, but we'll just give it to you as a bonus um, – you can also contribute more money and get, get different rewards. And the link, I'll give you guys a link where you can get that and you can get a cheat sheet on doubling your productivity. And also, if you're interested in coaching with me, there's a way to connect with me. You can do all of those things at myfocusgift.com. I like giving out that link because it takes you to a hidden page on my site with all the best stuff that I've lined up for listeners so um, also, if you want to listen to my podcast, which is Tough Conversations with David Wood or the new one, Extraordinary Focus, you can do all of those things at the same link, myfocusgift.com. Awesome, David. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, glad to have you on a second time and uh, excited to uh, stay in touch with you as you go along in your journey. Thank you, Brian. You've asked some of the best questions I've, I've been asked in two years and uh, it's so good that I'm going to send the recording with time references to my co-author and say, hey, I think you're going to get some really good stuff because we got, we got deep into some things that I'm not even sure in the book yet. And so that's your fault. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by. And just one more quick thing before you run along in your day. If you were looking for some more resources, some more insight, you know, inspiration, things to get you going a little bit further on your journey, feel free to head over to my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe, and you can sign up for my weekly newsletter that comes out. That's more of a digest of a lot of information that I discover throughout the week, whether it's a new podcast I listen to, or maybe it's a great follow online that's very insightful or a video I came across. I put that in a digestible form that you get once a week as well as I blog three times a week. And these are very micro-type blogs, one to five-minute reads. They hit your inbox Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning and maybe give you a little dose of inspiration to get you going on your day. So feel free to sign up for those if it's something you might find as value. Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care.